0: Today I'll be reading Crush My Heart Into Embers and I Will Reignite by Varlovian. The rating for this fic is mature. The pertinent tags for this fic include Canon Typical Violence Fist Fights Immobility, Spells and Enchantments Dean Winchester Hates Witches Demons Are Assholes Developing Relationship Hurt Dean Winchester, Protective Castiel Banff Castiel Angel Wings, Winged Castiel.
1: Faithfully, I tried to pick my battles till the battle picked me. Misery, like the war of words I shouted in my sleep. And you passed right by, I was in the alley surrounded. All Sides and knife cuts both ways if the shoe fits, walk in it till you high heels great, and I
0: fell from Crush my heart into embers and I will reignite. Written by Varlovian Read for you by Nerdy Nerdenstein.
1: I'm all about you, I
0: the world skips and starts like an old home movie that's been played too many times intermittent burst of static across his field of vision dean blinks it away or tries to gasp for breath but there's no air only smoke thick and acrid and everywhere he feels like a sack of shit probably looks like one too He's covered in dirt and dust, a deep cut on his jaw, weeping blood down his neck, knuckles smarting from where he punched a witch right in her ugly, snarling face. And it isn't over. He can't see the source of the fire, figures that came from whatever batshit ritual the witches started before the three of them gatecrashed the party. But it's bad enough to have shrouded the veritable battleground of the warehouse in Smog. The place is crawling with demons, and ain't that a kick in the teeth? witches and demons working together, united in their hatred of the Winchesters. Dean's eyes scan the room until they find Sam. He's on the other side of the cabal of demons, indistinct in the haze, but Dean would recognize his shape anywhere. He doesn't need the gory details to know Sam's got it covered. There isn't much his brother can't beat nowadays, with a good knife, his wits, and the reach to take on multiple assailants at once. The smoke between them is backlit by the telltale light of angelic grace as Castiel burns a demon from its vessel with his bare hands, body limbed with holy energy. He's close enough to Dean that the discharge of power rings in his ears, like the toll of an ancient bell. When asked about it later, Dean will swear blind it's the echo of that sound that catches him off guard, not the sight of Castiel's capable hands as he twirls his angel blade with expert grace, beckoning the next demon forward with a crook of his fingers. This thing between them is still so new, Dean can't help his fixation. Distracted, he turns, right into the path of the fist hurtling toward his face. His brain registers it a second too late, and the punch connects, knocking Dean back with alarming strength, followed by another and another as the demon rips into him unrelenting. The final blow sends him careening into a pillar at the center of the room, chest first, and yep, that's a few cracked ribs. Fantastic. Dean staggers to his feet, vision swimming, and forces himself to face the enemy. The demon cuts an intimidating figure in the fiery backdrop. More beast than man. A good foot and a half taller than him and about as thick, too. His strength is greater than any old meat suit would allow. Enchanted. He'd bet money on it. Fucking witches. Dean's gaze flickers to the demon's hollow black stare his lip curls. Bring it on, asshole. He falls into a rough fighting stance, bouncing on the balls of his feet. The demon charges again, but Dean's ready for him this time, pivoting at just the right moment to drive his elbow into the demon's face with maximum force. There's the sickening crack of cartilage as the nose breaks. Dean doesn't stop, delivering punch after punch to the demon's head and torso, blocking return blows entirely in his element. The demon is so strong, devastatingly so. Only there's no finesse now that he's focused in. The tells are obvious, telegraphed in the lines of his attacker's body as he winds up to deliver a blow. Dean's light on his feet in response, swooping in and out of range, landing more hits than he receives. He isn't the most agile fighter, doesn't have the build for it, but what he lacks in physicality he more than makes up for in experience. A calculated sweep brings the demon to his knees, hard. Dean doesn't miss a beat, pummeling him into stupefaction. Just as the demon's head starts to resemble pulp rather than face, he drops the catch for his angel blade, releasing its hilt into his hands. The smell of blood and sulfur pervades his nostrils, throat and lungs screaming from exertion and a distinct lack of air in the smoke-blanketed room. Dean grits his teeth flips his grip to angle the blade towards his enemy, and channels his strength into his arms for the killing blow. Nothing happens. Nothing happens because Dean can't move. His body is locked up tight, like the worst kind of sleep paralysis. The way his head is canted, he has to strain at the corner of his eyes to see past the demon. And when he does, he feels his heart sink into the floor. The witch he sucker-punched has her arms raised in his direction, chanting. Her busted-up face is dark with fury. If looks could kill, Dean would be all the way dead. As it stands, he's immobilized, which amounts to the same thing in a hunt. Either the witch kills him outright, boring, or she gets the demon to do it while Dean watches, incapable of defending himself. Not boring, and kind of fucked up. The truth trickles in with dreadful clarity. He's helpless. The more he struggles, the stronger the hex gets, tightening like a vice on his insides. Rooted to the spot, unable to move or even speak. There's nothing he can do but watch in abject horror as the demon picks itself up off the floor, glances between the witch and Dean with idle curiosity, and grins through blood-stained teeth. Dean can't even cry for help, can't even part his lips to summon the sound. He's only breathing because the witch doesn't want him to succumb to asphyxia before the demon gets to him, and isn't that a thought? He tries to think another, to look for a way out of this, finds none. Finds one. Gas, he thinks, imbuing the word with intent. It's the Hail Mary of last-ditch attempts to get the angel's attention through prayer. From across the way, at the very corner of his vision, Dean thinks he sees the line of Castiel's shoulders tighten beneath his coat. Thinks. He could be wrong. Guess he's going to kill me. God, please don't let him be wrong. The demon looms large before him, wrenching the angel blade out of Dean's white-knuckled grip to test its tip against a finger. That dark grin grows wider as he jerks Dean's chin up to meet his dead-eyed stare so he can watch as he dies. With nothing else to call on, Dean screams down the bond he knows exists between them. The one Sam never fails to bring up when teasing him. The one Dean was content to ignore for years until he wasn't. The one Castiel exalts as the reason he fell from heaven. Cass! Over the demon's shoulder, he sees Castiel turn seeking the source of his soundless cry. Castiel's gaze finds his, and something in his eyes ignites, a look that says Dean can never, ever be touched. The distance between them falls away. In the time it takes him to draw a breath, Castiel is there, forcing himself between Dean and the demon, who reels at the sudden intrusion, and the hand on his forehead that burns the afterlife right out of him. Castiel spins to face Dean, and with the same fingers that just smote an agent of hell, the scent of earth and electricity warring for dominance in the air, touches his cheek to heal him. Dean's ears stop ringing, the stinging cuts to his face and the band of pain around his ribs fade, and the locked muscles of his body relax. Dean capitulates, but Castiel is waiting for him. He catches him on the shoulder with his free hand. Palm coveting the exact place he branded Dean when he raised him from perdition all those years ago. His eyes are bright with the same vicious protectiveness Dean saw from across the room, tempered only by his concern. Are you all right? he asks. Yeah. Dean croaks. It's unconvincing to his own ears. Castiel looks at him as if to say, try again. Dean clears his throat. Really, he says, and it's better, just. Rattled me is all, but I'm okay, promise. He holds Castiel's gaze for a beat too long, the way they used to when neither of them knew what the pull between them was. It settles something primal in Castiel, the tension bleeding from his body by degrees. We're not done, Dean reminds him. Castiel inclines his head in agreement. He turns away from Dean to re-enter the fray when Sam hollers above the din. Hey, do you smell that? Dean focuses back in, tries to place the pungent scent in the air, rising above the blackening smoke and rotten aftertaste of dead demon. It's heady, chemical and uncomfortably familiar. Gas. Shit. Dean's eyes skitter over his surroundings, looking for the source of the leak. He finds it in one of the three long cylindrical canisters at the back of the warehouse floor. A sizable hole punched into its side, leaking a transparent haze that flirts dangerously close to the still-smoldering remnants of the witch's spell. The damage is already done. This place is a powder keg, and they are seconds away from it going off. Get out! Dean yells, fighting the urge to cough against the double whammy of smoke inhalation and gas. Now! In the nanoseconds of time it takes the mind to operate, Dean realizes there's no way out for him, no time left to reach minimum safe distance. Fear and despair turn low in his gut, the growing nausea assuaged only by the sight of Sam sprinting out the warehouse entrance, hand over his face to shield his nose and mouth from the fumes. He's safe, Dean thinks detached. Cass will take care of him. He's never been more sure of anything in his life. Then he thinks, this is it. And it is. The gas and fire collide and the world around Dean explodes, destroying the room in an instant. Heat blankets him, only it isn't immolation. The sloughing of flesh from his frame, layers of skin charring to ash, but arms anchoring themselves around his waist. Dean thrashes in the stranger's hold, blinded by the light, deafened by the concussion wave and struck dumb by the realization that he's still dying. It's only the suffusion of smell, beyond the oppressive heat and stink of the world collapsing around him, that puts a stopper to Dean's fear. Ozone and petrichor, fresh snow and pine needles and rich, drenched earth. Tears spill from Dean's still-closed eyes. He stops struggling. Castiel's arms tighten around him and Dean clings back. It isn't just his arms. Dean's flanked on either side by a wall of angelic protection, thick and soft and ineffable. It takes a few agonizing seconds for him to notice that isn't right, another few to source out why. The entire front of his body should have combusted from the heat and fire and as the debris clears around them, flames smoldering from the initial blast wave, Dean blinks the smoke from his eyes and opens them to see the shadow of two colossal wings, blanketing them both. Cass. Dean tries to speak, but words fail him. It slips out in a thought, a prayer, because these wings belong to Castiel. Castiel, whose body is a perfect curve along Dean's back, securing him utterly in his embrace and the powerful fold of those magnificent wings. Castiel, whose head rests in the hollow of Dean's neck, soft hair tickling the side of his face. Castiel, who's panting into his skin, warm, quick breaths, and whose arms tighten imperceptibly around him when he hears Dean's prayer. Castiel, whose unceasing care has saved him, again. In the cradle of Castiel's arms, Dean's eyes rove the breadth of his wings, drinking in every last detail. The smooth, interlacing coverts where wing meets shoulder fan out into long flight feathers the color of an oil slick, iridescent in the light of the burning room. He glimpses gaps in the plumage, places where Castiel still bears scars from the fall and his return to grace, and inhales sharply, something profound settling in his chest. Dean's never felt so protected in his life, not even when he was a child, and the tears that spring to his eyes have nothing to do with the smoke. Riding the strange high of exhaustion and awe, Dean reaches out to touch the nearest crest of feathers. For all the wings are hazy and indistinct to the eye. They're surprisingly solid to the touch, soft like velvet against his skin. Castiel gasps brokenly into the crook of Dean's neck. The hands around his waist tighten, but the overarching line of his body relaxes further into him. When Dean imagines intimacy between them, which is more often than not these days, it's never like this, in the barely-survived aftermath of a hunt gone terribly wrong. As cheesy as it sounds, he wants to whine and dine Cass before they... before... the whole nine yards, because he deserves it because maybe Dean does too. But now that he's heard that sound, on the knife's edge of pleasure and pain, Dean isn't sure if he can live without hearing it again, and soon. The wings close even tighter in response to Dean's touch, blocking out the world until it's just the two of them in a cocoon of shadow, sharing breath and the warmth of Castiel's embrace. Yes. Dean utters, and hell, his voice is wrecked. It's nothing but a soft hiss of air, audibly only by the virtue of how close they are. He swallows, tries again. Cass, are you all right? Dean feels more than he hears the answer, Castile's voice a low rumble that echoes through them both. Yes. Struck by the need to see him, Dean moves in the circle of his arms, wincing at the flex of tightly locked muscles. Castiel pulls back just far enough to let him, irises grace white and glowing. Dean's hands lift to cup his face, feeling the rasp of stubble against his palms. He stares at Castiel for a long moment, hoping the look will impart every bit of the worn gratitude that's claimed his body. He rests his head on Castiel's shoulder, humming low in his throat when the angel's long fingers card gently through his short, cropped hair tucking him into where his scent is the strongest. Dean breathes in, reveling in the steady drum of Castiel's pulse beneath his lips, the ever-present reminder that they're alive. Out of imminent danger, Dean feels the crushing weight of all his aches descend on him at once. He's beyond tired, bone-weary and battered and sore. He isn't sure he can get back up again. I've got you. Castiel murmurs, and it's all Dean needs to hear. He slips out of consciousness in the arms of his best friend and the canopy of his umbrous wings, lowering his guard because it's safe now. Because Castiel has him. I could recognize him by touch alone, by smell. I would know him blind, by the way his breaths came and his feet struck the earth. I would know him in death, at the end of the world. Madeline Miller. The End. Thank you so much for listening.
1: From the precipice, clung to the nearest lips. Long story short, it was the wrong guy. Now I'm all about you. I'm all about you, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm all about you, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I always felt I must look better. They once held the keys to When I dropped my sword I threw it in the bushes and knocked on your door And we live in peace But if someone comes at us This time I'm ready Cause I fell from the pedestal Right down the rabbit hole Long story short, it was a bad time Pushed from the precipice Clung to the nearest lips Long story short, it was the wrong guy I i not all about you I'm all about you, I, yeah, yeah, I'm all about you. No more keeping score now, I just keep you on. No more tug of war now, I just know there's more. No more keeping score now, I just keep you on. And my waves meet your shore. To get lost in these petty things your nemesis will defeat themselves before you get the chance to swing and he's passing by rare as the glimmer of a comet in the sky and he feels like home if the shoe fits walking in everywhere you go You, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about you oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about you Long story short, it was a bad time Long story short, I survived
0: for breath. I cannot say that word. Gasp for breath. Gasps for. Gasps. Gasps for. (laughs) Gasp for breath. Gasp. Gasp. Gasps. Gasps. Why can't I say that word? That dark grin grows wider as he jerks. That dark grin grows wider as he jerks. Now, now. (coughs) Oh,
1: hmm. How's that for realism?
0: Gas, are you all right? Gas, are you?